Finance. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Financial Independence Podcast. On today's episode, I have a special treat from a mad scientist reader and listener, actually. Uh, a guy called Parker Hughes got in touch with me uh, earlier in the year, and we were just chatting back and forth, and he sent me a copy of his book. And I get sent a lot of books these days, but they're mostly financial books, uh, obviously due to the mad scientist. And I don't get to read all of them, but this wasn't a finance book, and it actually sounded really interesting. And uh, the title of the book was called Lifelong Youth, The Simple Path to a Long and Youthful Life. So I read it, and I liked it so much that I reached out to Parker and asked him to put together a little blog post just introducing the big ideas of the book. And thankfully, he agreed. And not only that, he actually recorded a short podcast episode going over those eight key health behaviors. And that's what today's episode is. So if you want to dive into this topic more, then go to madfientist.com and you'll find his guest post on the topic at madfientist.com slash your money and your health. Um, all of those words are separated by dashes. And then obviously, if you want to dive in even deeper, then you can check out his book, Lifelong Youth, which is linked to from that article. But for now, I hope you enjoy this short podcast episode diving into those eight key health behaviors. And a huge thanks to Parker for putting it together. Take it away, Parker. I'm Parker Hughes, and this is a Mad Scientist podcast takeover. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm a chiropractor, a blogger, podcaster, author, and recently an American Ninja Warrior. I was lucky enough to get on the show and compete against some incredible athletes. Way better than myself, but it was a fun experience nonetheless. I've been on it a couple of years now and hopefully going to be on it a few more. But that is not what I'm going to talk about today. Today, I am talking about your money and your health. The reason I'm talking about your money and your health is because they're somewhat related in their approach, in their achievement. And also, I'm talking about health because I wrote a book on the subject. Uh, it's called Lifelong Youth. The Simple Path to a Long and Youthful Life. So this podcast is going to kind of encapsulate and dictate some of the information, most of the information really, in the blog post that I wrote for The Mad Finest as well. Did a guest post for him that you can find on his site, madfinest.com, and it's called the same title, Your Money and Your Health. So let's talk about a little bit what I mean when I say this. As scientists ourselves, I know that we are all optimizers. We hunt for things that can make our lives more efficient, uh, improve our health, our finances, our happiness, our relationships. We're just have growth mindsets, scientists uh, in general. Uh, we like to grow and learn and explore and achieve new things. And we do this with a lot of intentionality. And also with a dose of stoicism, which may to some of you be a new term, but uh, in general, it means expecting bad outcomes, uh, but doing so in a positive way, right? You're expecting the worst in order to prepare for it. And in the end, uh, you're achieving more happiness because you are prepared for all circumstances and you can thrive in the circumstances that are, are not the worst thing you can imagine, right? Anyway, these couple things, these couple mindsets or philosophies of life about intentionality with a small dose of stoicism, it helps most of us create the life that we want. It helps us focus our energies on the things that matter the most. And for many of us, 
health is at the top of that list. Finances may be something that you've been trying to achieve first. That's been your priority. But health has been kind of a second tier or, or just part of the top three or top five. Either way, it's in the top of your list of things that you want to achieve in your life, most likely. At least, I hope so in some way. You want to be able to live your best life by being able to have a body and a mind that does the things that you want it to do. And so today, what I want to talk about are those things that give you the most bang for your buck when it comes to your health. The items that, if you put your energies exclusively into those and don't even worry about the face scrubs and the exercise plans and the diets and all these things that you're exposed to on social media and everywhere else in the world, to be honest, all of those things, you don't even have to worry about them if you focus on these eight basic ideas of health. These are the same eight ideas that I go over in the book, Lifelong Youth. And the reason why I wrote the book at all is for the same reasons that I'm talking to you all today. I want to make health simple and easy and happy. I want it to be enjoyable and not sacrificial. So let's go. Health behavior number one, having a sense of purpose, a foundational element to your health, to living a long life, to living a happy life, is to have a reason for getting up in the morning. Uh, in the book, Blue Zones, that Dan Buettner wrote, a National Geographic author, he studied the longest living people in the world. And one of the main items that all of them practiced is that they all had a sense of purpose. Health behavior number two is eat food a caveman would recognize as food. It looks like a pepper, a carrot, an egg, a piece of meat. Eat real food. Eat Eat things that a caveman would recognize as food. In essence, that means that you're processing your food in your own kitchen. You're not outsourcing the processing to some factory or laboratory that will put your food into a package inside some plastic and then again in some cardboard around that. Put some pretty colors so it looks attractive and put some nice labels that makes you think, oh, this is healthy for me. Let me tell you something. If your food is telling you that it's healthy for you, it's probably not. Does a carrot have a label that says heart healthy or good for eye health? They don't need to shout to the world that they're good for you when they're actually good for you. Get the food that looks like it used to be alive and then do the processing yourself. That's going to get you so far in your journey towards health. Find food that looks real, process it in your own kitchen, and only eat when you're hungry. Step number three, the health behavior number three, is honestly my favorite one. I think this simple behavior contributed more to my health goals than any other behavior. And that is just simply to drink water. Regarding the eat when you're hungry thing, drinking water, I believe to be the biggest contribution to my lack of eating when I'm not even hungry. Because water and being hydrated is worth 70% of the hunger pangs that you normally feel. When you feel hungry, it's more likely that you're dehydrated than you are actually hungry. And so by drinking water consistently and having a, an emotional support water bottle with me all day, every day, I think I've dampened my hunger. Water enables all life to exist. You should put a lot of it in your body. I can't make a better argument than that. All right, number four, fourth health behavior, sleep like you mean it. This is probably number two on my list of top health behaviors that are super easy and extremely effective for your health. 
every animal sleeps for almost a third of the day. The fact that an animal won't be eating or mating or watching out for predators for almost a third of the day, that must mean that sleep is incredibly important. And it's proven that it is. If you don't get good sleep, you're likely to gain more weight. That's because it messes with your hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin. In short, that means it makes you hungrier by producing more ghrelin. Ghrelin is the hungry hormone. If you have more ghrelin in your body through less sleep, you're going to be hungrier more, you're going to eat more, and you're also going to have higher cortisol levels, which stimulates fat production. Cortisol is a stress hormone. It stimulates fat production. So you're going to be hungrier, and you're going to stimulate production of more fat if you don't get sleep. Other things that are benefited from sleeping more is your immune system, your mental health. Sleep is like the emotional support regulator extraordinaire. We know this even when we see little kids in a grocery store and they're screaming their head off and their parents are like, I'm sorry, they didn't get a lot of sleep last night. And then we're like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. I get it. Yep. Guess what? The same goes for you as an adult. Few tips to help you sleep more. Make sure it's really dark. Make sure you don't look at screens close to bedtime. Try not to eat too close to bed. You can have a bedtime ritual. It's kind of like shooting a free throw, getting in the same ritual every single night, doing the same thing over and over again forms a habit to help you wind down. Maybe you read a book for 10 minutes. Maybe you have some pillow talk with your significant other. If it's hard going to bed or if you wake up with your mind racing, get out of bed. Go do something else. You don't want to associate the bed with a racing mind, a wandering mind. You want to associate your bed with sleep, which is why you shouldn't watch TV or or be on your phone in bed. Alcohol does not help you sleep better, FYI. It is just sedating your brain. That's why people feel so tired after a night of drinking. Even if they slept for 10 hours, uh, their sleep was very fragmented and shallow and they woke up probably feeling unrefreshed, unrestored. They didn't really get good sleep because their brain was just sedated. It wasn't doing any of the normal things that it does during sleep. Health behavior number five, move naturally and play. Exercise, to me, can get pretty sterile and lifeless and boring. When I'm just lifting an object off the ground 10 times and putting it back down again, I can get pretty bored. I would prefer everyone to be playing outside as their exercise because that also stimulates all sorts of good chemicals in your brain and your body to play outside while also helping you embrace hardship because you're playing outside in all types of weather, not just when it's perfect out. So play. Go play. Have fun. Go run around in the forest, climb trees, jump off rocks, run around in the mountains, mountain bike, rollerblade, ski, snowboard. Things that are fun, we're going to keep doing. It's as simple as that. So have fun, play around, tinker, fiddle, and, and be creative with ways to move your body. There are some activity guidelines that I want to go over for a long and youthful life to kind of help guide your activity levels. One is you should do at least some moderate physical activity, just like moving around, having a low-ish heart rate, a little bit active, brisk walking or swimming or biking or or household chores or jogging, you should do those types of things at least five times a week. Get out and go for a walk five times a week. That is something that's pretty essential to your life. You should do at least two times a week of weight training. Not necessarily going to the gym and weight and lifting weights, 
but doing something heavy, lifting something heavy, whether it's buckets of water in your backyard or piles of wood to the campfire. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to require a membership, but do something heavy a couple times a week. And then the last two, one is to do something vigorous one time a week, 20 minutes a week. That's it. Make yourself sweat. That's basically the long and short of it. It's doing something vigorous to max out your heart rate. Sprint a hill five times in a row. Do a a high intensity interval training workout one time a week only. That's it. Just amp up your cadence for whatever moderate activity you're doing. You can just integrate it into the same thing. If you're doing it moderately, amp it up for 20 minutes, get a nice sweat going. Then you can be moderate again for the rest of the time. And then periodically, things that you should just do every now and then, kind of check in with it, is to practice coordination, balance, and range of motion. Focus on movements that you're not very good at, your weakest link. Do those things. Maybe your ankles are really immobile. Mine kind of are. I have really bad flat feet. So I do ankle mobility exercises every now and then in order to check in on that mobility to see if I have room to improve still, or if I've fallen behind, this is that playing and tinkering thing. As you're doing movements that require unique actions, like standing on one leg and balancing, balancing on a curb or a slack line or a two by four, throwing a two by four in your backyard and just balancing back and forth on that. So you just check in with these things. Do yoga. That's a great way to check in on all these coordination, balance, and range of motion. Five times a week doing something moderate moderate level two times a week doing something heavy lifting stuff one time a week doing something vigorous getting a sweat on and then periodically practicing coordination checking in on your balance doing some balance exercises and working on your range of motion in your joints your shoulders your knees your hips your ankles those are the big ones health behavior number six find your tribe this is just finding a good group of friends the people that live the longest as well as the happiest people on earth, they socialize at least eight hours a day. That's kind of crazy. I know that most of these people are retired. You must understand, uh, as in they're over a hundred years old. So I would hope that they're retired. And so they have time to spend with their friends, but Hey, this is, this is their sense of purpose. This is what gets them up in the morning is their friends, their family, the people that they're closest with their tribe of people. That's that. Find your tribe. Health behavior. Number seven, I touched on this earlier, embracing discomfort. This is my favorite from a philosophical perspective. I already said that drinking water and sleeping are like my favorite, simple and most effective health behaviors. But from the perspective of mindset, uh, embracing discomfort is 100% my favorite. Now, another way of saying embrace discomfort is to say voluntarily expose yourself to a small amount of stress. And this is controlled. You're controlling the amount of stress that you're putting on yourself. And in that way, you're increasing your adaptability and your resilience. Those are two words that are pretty much synonymous with living longer, healthier, and happier. Adaptability and resilience. When you lean into stress, when you voluntarily expose yourself to a small amount of stress, You increase your adaptability and resilience as a human. And by overcoming it, you train your body and your mind that it is possible, that you can overcome, that you can endure stress. And if you can endure stress in this way, in this voluntary way, the way that you're controlling, then you are better able to handle stress 
when it's not controlled, when it's inflicted upon you and you didn't see it coming, when you embrace discomfort in a physical way by putting yourself into situations where you can give yourself a controlled amount of a stress, then your mind gets stronger and more resilient against emotional stress. One analogy that I use a lot is in terms of sunburn. Sun is a stressor. It can burn your skin. It's it's a stressor. But by incrementally exposing yourself to sun in small doses, this is what I mean by controlled, by giving your, yourself small doses of sun exposure, you'll form a tan, which will protect you against more doses of sun exposure. You incrementally expose yourself to self-imposed stress, the sun. Your physical body literally gets more adaptable and resilient against the sun. So then the next time you go out in the sun, you can go stay out there for an hour rather than 20 minutes without getting a sunburn. You get better and better and better at handling stress, the stress of the sun, by exposing yourself to a little bit at a time. Embracing discomfort, incrementally dosing it, and improving your adaptability and resiliency. Two ways that are unique and somewhat easy to access are hot and cold temperature changes. I know you've all heard of cold plunges, and I know you've all heard of saunas. And I'm going to reiterate it that those two things are pretty incredible ways to give yourself a controlled stressor. In the same way that going outside and training in all types of weather are very good for your stress management and your ability to adapt to different climates and and different temperatures, it's the same process as when you expose yourself to the very extremes of hot and cold through ice baths and saunas and that type of thing. Okay, last one. Practice spirituality. This is health behavior number eight. Practice spirituality. And I don't mean a specific religion. No matter what you believe, the act of sharing your beliefs with others will add to your health and to your happiness. Partly it's because gathering with a group of people, especially in a spiritual way, it helps foster social ties. So it's the same kind of concept as finding a tribe, as finding a group of people to share your life with. This helps foster a sense of purpose, sense of pride, sense of community, and that breeds happiness and health. Also, spirituality is a time for quiet reflection usually. Most spiritual practices are, in essence, a session of mindfulness, and that relieves stress, helps you manage stress better. Again, it helps you breathe and control your breath in stressful situations. It helps you with the practice of controlling your mind and your and your body and your breath during those moments. Now, I usually say meditation and mindfulness when I talk about practicing spirituality, but you can also substitute it for the words you're used to in religious settings like prayer and song. People singing together is a great way to build those social ties and have the benefits of health and happiness that come from spiritual religious gatherings. Whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whether it's reflection or whatever you choose to call it, focus on your breath. That will be the most impactful and beneficial for your mind and your body. That's that, y'all. Eight behaviors. I'm going to go through them one more time. Just the titles. Step number one, health behavior number one. Find your sense of purpose. 
Health behavior number two, eat food a caveman would recognize as food. Number three, drink water. Number four, sleep like you mean it. Five, move naturally and play. Six, find your tribe. Seven, embrace discomfort. Lean into discomfort, lean into stress. And number eight, practice spirituality. Like I said at the top, these are all things that you probably inherently knew to be true. Deep down, you know that those are the things that make you the healthiest, that contribute to your happiness the most. But we lose sight of it. This is what health is all about. This is what my entire existence revolves around these days, is spreading the message of health and how it can be fun. How health can also make you happier. And how you can live your best life, your ideal life, live it to the fullest, while still building a bigger and better and more enjoyable life for the future. That's what my blog and podcast is all about, Getting Gooder, gettinggooder.org. And in that, you'll find even more information about the types of habits you can form around health behaviors, around finances, around happiness. Uh, it's all in there. So go ahead and check it out, gettinggooder.org. There's also a ton of free resources on that site from finding your sense of purpose. I have a workbook on there about finding your sense of purpose to the splurge foods that you're welcome to eat and that I fully endorse, but just not all the time. If your diet is 80% of the time pretty healthy, then you're welcome to splurge when you find the desire to do it. Uh, and I have a list of splurge foods in that resources webpage that you can download. Among other things, a bunch of movement games in there and ways to check in with your range of motion and your mobility. Whole bunch of stuff. Go, go ahead and check that out, gettinggooder.org slash resources. Uh, again, I'm Parker Hughes. I'm an adventurer, a chiropractor, soccer coach, author, blogger, podcaster. If you want to check out my TV show, American Ninja Warrior, you can check that out. I'm Parker. This is the Mad Scientist Podcast. Thank you, Brandon, for this podcast takeover and blog article takeover. And we'll see you all next time. Stay young, get gooder, go out there and have some fun. See ya. Finance.